Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Welcome to the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC, whose main club sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Belmont Banter, and we're back with uh, Stuart King. This is Stuart King Part 2. Now, when we left Stuart before, he was just recapping on his time at Folkestone, and they were at the time having a few uh, difficulties as far as finance is concerned. And Stuart had been told by Neil Cugley that uh, he needed to be sold. So... Have I got that about right, Stu? Yeah, pretty much bang on, yeah. <laughs> okay. Where, what happened next? Yeah, a couple of meetings with a few clubs and uh, I think it was whoever's going to pay the money, pay what folks didn't require or whatever. I didn't really have a lot of say in the matter. <laughs> Probably shouldn't broadcast this, like, but, you know, I don't care. I no. went to Maidstone, walked around it. They told me, what do you think? And I said I didn't want to go. Next thing I know, I was there. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> There you go. Life happens, yeah. Life happens doesn't it? Uh, yeah, so yeah. all of a sudden you've gone from uh, happy days with, with Neil and uh, moved over to Maidstone. How did that go for you then? Hated every minute of it. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who was the manager there at the time? Jay Saunders. All right, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't anything particular, one thing or anything like that. It's just there was, when I joined, they had Draycott, Booth, Ullerunda, Welford, and they were going to get rid of one or two, I was told, and build a side around me, and I didn't want to leave Folkestone anyway. I was enjoying myself. I, yeah. The dream of being a pro or anything like that had gone out the window a long time ago. I just wanted to play football, get my head down and score goals. I was doing that. And then, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I uh, had to go. Uh, because of financial reasons I've seen at Folkestone. And then, yeah, I'm at Maidstone. And um, he never got rid of any of them players. I played I play two games, score in both games, be on the bench. The two boys would start, someone else would start, they would score, play a couple of games, then go on the bench. And it just wasn't fair on anyone. It wasn't, it wasn't managed well from my point of view. Uh, it just wasn't. It just wasn't the right fit. I, I didn't want to be there at the start, so it was never going to be easy I tried to get my head down but when you scored 30 goals come come the time you're moving there and you're well in front of the golden boot and then I ended up losing the golden boot by one goal at the end of the season which I could have actually took a penalty in our game against I remember it was away we won a penalty and someone else took it and I should I didn't even I it's as bad as it is I remember the penalty getting one and I remember uh, I might mention that. I remember a player picking up the ball, take it, and everyone was looking at me. And uh, I just didn't say anything. It should have been a direct call. It should have been made clear that I should have took the penalty because of personal achievement. We'd been, was in the playoffs and everything like that. And yeah, I just walked back to the halfway line before even the penalty was taken. I just turned my back and walked away. Uh, probably summed up, summed it up. And yeah, I still scored, I think, 20 goals in about 16 games for Maystone. Goodness uh, me. Goodness but, me. Yeah, just, I don't know. It was, just, it was all the timing was wrong. All the timing was wrong. You've just highlighted something that has never ever really dawned on me, but just imagine if you were a premiership player and you'd been sold for shed loads of money and you ended up at a club you didn't like, didn't want to be there, and they're paying your wages and you still try and got to perform. But all you want to do is enjoy football. 
mean, yeah. that's your experience then, without all the money loaded on. It must have been a Yeah, while. yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's a it's a funny old game and you learn and life's learning all the way, isn't it? And you react to things and I'm an emotional person, you know. I, yep. I let the emotions, I wear my heart on my sleeve and, you know, <clears throat> they don't always come out in the right way, but it's it's only because I cared, you know what I mean? And that's one thing I will defend myself on. It's only because I wanted to do the best and be the best that I could be and for who I was playing for. And <clears throat> if it wasn't going right, you know, or things would happen. It was only because I cared, you know, it wasn't because I didn't care. I never missed a training session. I never not turned up to training. I never asked for a penny out of anyone through my whole football career. And any manager can back me on that. Anyone that signed me, they'd say, Kingy, what do you want? And I never said a thing. I said, pay me what you think. And that's it. And if it was 20 quid, I took it. If it was 75 quid, I took it. I've done it all. Never, ever asked for a pound. So not, not that I was an angel, by no stretch of the imagination. Like I said, I caused my own problems at my own times and stuff like that, but I was completely committed in the right way to football and to the clubs that I played for. I just let things get the better of me at times, whether it was personal reasons that I just displayed on the pitch. When you go on a football pitch, that's your getaway from life. But also, you know, when it's your getaway, it can also be your outpour. And for me, for some reason, I got so emotionally involved with football when I was out there that everything that was going on in the background of me would display at me on a football pitch. So I could go from as calm as you like to scoring goals with a smile on my face to just a raging red ball, you know? So it just, yeah. But uh, Maidstone and that, you know, they paid me more money than I've ever earned. And I just didn't even enjoy one minute of it. I'd rather have been on 10 quid down at the Oysters banging balls in the back of the net, mate. And that's it. Simple as that. Well, I'll tell you what, I've just been thinking while you were talking then, if ever you wrote a book, the title <laughs> needs to be For the Love of the Game. Uh, yeah. one, one, one thing is, I, I loved that game and I loved it too much. That was the yeah. problem. Well, yeah. that, that also, let me, so another seed in your head then. You're now yeah. at a time, of, a time of life where you've, you've, you're not playing anymore. You're playing Sunday football. Yeah, yeah. Would I'm the next step enough. for you ever be management? No, no, no. Coaching? No, no, no. There's just, I haven't got the right, the right makeup for it, the right settings. I can't see past the, the faults in players, you know, and that was a problem of mine on the pitch and everyone knew that. I used to sort of, you know, lose my head and shake my head if I didn't get the right ball and stuff because I, I demanded so much from people. And you have to have a balance. You have to be able to assess people's talents, their mentalities and what's good for them. And I'm not very good at doing that. I've, I've got better in it in my job. I'm a managing director of a company and I'm able to do it with my employees. But on a football pitch, I just can't get that balance. Yeah. Yeah, but I admit it. So I won't ever put myself in that situation. So. Well, that's fair enough. I mean, honesty is such a, a trait that you, you know, shines through with you. It's, it's absolutely... <laughs> no, it's true. It, it is. It's, it's really admirable. So this... Soiree, let's call it a soiree because it wasn't <laughs> much fun at uh, Maidstone. No, nah. where did you go from there? I just begged, I begged Cugs every three months, I think, just to take me back. Text after text, phone call after phone call, I just said, just, just get me back, get me back down there. But they couldn't, they had a deal. Maidstone wanted to, Maidstone wanted to build things around me and, and stuff like that. But it wasn't really happening. And then we were going to start the following season, obviously got promoted. And um, I just I just didn't want to be there. And 
it's it's a stupid thing how it all ended, but the the, the final nail in the coffin at Maidstone was we, we won the playoffs and I played the playoff semi-final against Folkestone at Maidstone and we won 1-0 and I played like a right wing back. That's where they played me. And I ran my heart out up and down that, that line. Never played that position in my life, but I ran my heart out, give everything I could. And um, we played Faversham in the playoff final and he benched me. And I didn't get on the pitch and, you know, I was devastated, absolutely devastated. I talked to a set of fans and they said, oh, you don't look happy. And I said, no, I'm not. I said, I'm done with it. You know, and that's just me being honest at the time. My emotions were the better of me. But if I walked down that line and a fan had said to me, oh, you're not playing. And I said, I was happy with it. Well, that'd be wrong as well, wouldn't it? You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wasn't happy. I wasn't playing or anything like that. I shouldn't have been happy. And um, we, I've never collected my medals. I've, I've always just given them away. I, I don't. They don't hold no sentiment to me or anything. You know, that's just me as a person. And uh, I gave my medal to a, a fan that had backed me. He'd always said, King, you should be playing. He was a lovely bloke. He'd come over to me all the time. Whenever I scored, he would he would be a voice to say, you know, King, you should be playing all the time and stuff like that and always wish me well. And I walked over to him, my, my, my winner's medal and that, and I gave it to him. And I said, you know, give this to you. He had a grandson that come with him sometimes. And I said, you know, keep, keep the medal, give it to your grandson. I said, it's a great achievement for the club. And, um, you know, and they looked at that as uh, I didn't give a two monkeys about the club and used that as a thing against me to say, no, nah, you don't want to be here or anything and uh, and stuff like that as well, which they were correct. I didn't want to be there, but that wasn't actually a factor in it. You know, that was just something I did because I don't collect my trophies. And, um, yeah, and then um, next thing I know, they'd sorted a deal back for me to go down back, back down Folkestone. So I went back down Folkestone in a, in a, in a deal and uh, was back there, yeah. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. So happy times again to be back at Folkestone? No, it done me. Mentally, I was done then. So I went down Folkestone. My life had changed. I was getting married. Obviously, I've been with Hannah since I was 18, 19. She's definitely been a rock for me, um, you know. And um, yeah, we were getting married and we bought our first house and obviously I wanted to do it up and everything. And just my whole outlook on life had changed. Football wasn't important anymore. And uh, I did the worst thing for two years. I played, or well, two and a half, three years, whatever it was, I played football and I didn't want to play football, but my love for it wouldn't let me walk away. So I, I did half a season at Folkestone, signed back at Herne Bay, did a season at Herne Bay, which I cocked up after scoring. I was winning the Golden Boot clear. I think it was about 35 goals or something come January. I did the usual, went off on a wobbler and cocked all that up, walked away, joined Faversham, messed up their playoffs because I missed a penalty <laughs> in the penalty that lost, knocked them out the playoff semi-final. And then started the next season at Faversham, scoring absolutely loads of goals. Then it all sort of started capitulating around Wayne Wilson left and went to Whitstable and Granty went and all that. So Will, Wilson rang me up and said, do you want to come down Whitstable? So I went and played uh, the final three, four months at Whitstable to try and keep the club up, scored loads of goals. But unfortunately, everything was falling around the seams, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, and that was it. That was it. That was it. Finished. Done. I walked away after Whitstable, never looked back. So... Yeah. Going forward now, um, obviously yep. you're still playing uh, playing Sunday football. So yep. that's, that's now in a couple of years is probably your target now, is it? 
Yeah, I've, I've always do something because it's it's mental, it's great. Physically, it's great. But even now, just talking about this, the, the passion that comes through me, I get such mixed emotions. Like, I'm, like, angry inside. I'm angry with myself. And then also, like, you know, just talking about it. Just, um, yeah, because I cocked a lot of it up. And you know that in yourself. And it's very frustrating. So, yeah, I've never really talked about it to anyone. So it's, uh, it's a weird feeling I've got right now, to be fair. <laughs> I've got I've got to say that all of us in our life have gone through a period where, to use your words, have cocked it up. And yeah. I certainly have because, you know, we made a bad move. We moved up to London. Uh, we moved up to London. I moved the whole family up there. And believe it or not, probably the only time it could ever happen, we moved back from London back to Whitstable and we couldn't afford the house we'd sold because of the oh. way the market worked. And it really, really emotionally kicked me in the teeth yeah and uh you know it's just one of those things and i knew it was down to me because my wife bless her she just did to satisfy she you know it was for the family we do it together like you and hannah mm -hmm. carol and i exactly the same i mean when i married carol first thing we did is i took her off to live in spain for a year so, <laughs> <laughs> mind you that wasn't a hardship we uh, that was nice we enjoyed that but yeah, yeah. It's, been, uh, it's been a revelation listening to you. Honestly, it has. And overriding all of this, yeah, there seems to be a couple of periods in your playing career where because of your relationship with the manager, you've not only blossomed on the pitch, but you've been happier at the club as well, which is Folkestone and Whitstable. Yeah. And that really is down to Cuddly and Keys, isn't it? See? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, you know, I just... Um... Yeah, yeah, there's no two ways about it. Yeah. And the environment you're in, it was a yes. good environment. Yeah. But that environment, you know, and I've, I've spoken to the, to Andy Constable about this and others, and they all tell me that there is a time when you're at a football club when it's just going right and it doesn't matter that the fact you're going on the pitch, you know you're going to win. You know you're going to win. You've got, yeah. the right, you've got the right team. You've got the manager backing you. The crowd love you, and everything is just right in the world. Yeah. And there is just that moment in time. It's like encapsulating. It's a little snippet. And that's, yeah. when, you that's when you're living the moment, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, no disagreement there. I yeah. mean, you must have had some great times when the crowds have been chanting your name. And, yeah. yeah, you know, through all that I've said, you know, um, the most honest thing I can say is, I was a goal scorer out and out. Anywhere I played, fit, not fit, whatever. I could put the ball in the back of the net anywhere on the pitch. And I've done that time and time again. And uh, there's nothing beats that feeling of that ball hitting that net. Crowds chanting your name. You know, you can you can play a game and beat the top of the league. You could be fifth in the table. You go to top of the league and you beat them 1-0. And every player on that pitch has dug in, done their job to the tee. But as the goal scorer, you're the hero, you know. If you nick that goal and that, and it can be, it can be 2,000. I've played, I've played in front of 4,000 fans, you know, and I can hear that ball hit that net. It doesn't matter what, what noise is going on. I could be in the middle of a war and I know that noise when the ball hits the net. You can just hear it. You, you, you don't even physically hear it. It's like you know the noise in your head. It ripples the sound. It's the most glorious sound in the world. It's just phenomenal. Well, passion. I tell you what, what I loved about you as well as a player 
was the fact that you didn't care whether it was a tapping or a 30-yard volley. If it was a goal, it was a goal. Absolutely. And that, to as, me, is absolutely long, what it's all about. As long as it said King, seventh minute, King, 32nd minute. I don't give a monkey's how that ball went in the back of the net. <laughs> or down at Deal, 5-4, 93rd minute. Hat-trick, double hat-trick as well. Hat-trick in the second 5-4, hat-trick in the third 5-4 as well. So, oh, fantastic. Yeah, I, I, one thing I can remember is all the goals, all the types, the chips, the volleys, the tappings, the backsides, the rubbish headers off the shoulders, the lot, the lot. So, uh, I'm going I'm to put you on the spot a little bit now then. Yeah. Over the years... Who's the defender that you hated playing against the most? Cool. Yeah. When you the when, when the team sheets come up, you thought, oh no, not him again. Uh, uh, do you know what? It's a really hard one to answer because I just never, I never looked at it. I was never bothered. I was never bothered because it, it could have been an athlete like Liam Friend at Folkestone. He could outrun me all day. So if he was running for a channel ball, he'd outrun me. But you know, I, I, I was my brain and my football brain was better than his. So at some point I was going to win the battle and more times than not, it didn't matter what centre off, big and strong, I'll battle with you. But my ability was going to let me get a goal at some point. And that's what I always believed in. So I wasn't really fussed about who the centre half was or what. It didn't, it never played, paid attention to it. I just knew at some point that in 90 minutes, I would get an opportunity either through my own graft or a mistake or my team or whatever and I was going to score it you know that's how I always thought and uh, more times than not it happened you love talking football don't you I, I do I do love talking football I love you know uh, I'm proud of the career I had although like all the mess ups and everything like that, I'm proud I'm proud of the way I did handle myself throughout it as well you know because I was honest to myself and I was honest to the people around. And, you know, one thing, like I said earlier, you know, I've always been honest. I've always been fair and I've always given it everything. I've just let the little moments happen, you know. And uh, that's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. Those little moments, they become big moments, so don't they, sometimes? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they've, you know, probably defied, like denied me playing at a, a level that I should have played at. You know, everyone told it. It's not blowing smoke up my own backside, but everyone told me I should have gone, should have gone up the levels. And uh, my own mentality didn't let me do it. And, and that's, you know, one thing I'd say to young lads and stuff coming through now, you know, just, just step back, step back and just look at the big picture and sort of try and override it. Like I said, if I could be that, that man I am today and see that 20, 19 year old Kingy and just shake him and just say, oh, it mate, just, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it would have been a different outcome. There's no doubt about it. Do you know what, Stewie? Life's a journey, mate. And what, oh, you've, gone, yeah, what you've gone through with uh, football and everything else, the amount of time you've been with Hannah, it, it, where you are now would never yeah. have happened if you hadn't gone on that journey. Absolutely. No Absolutely. Way. Because yeah, all that, that angst and whatever else was in your head, that's gone on a place on the football pitch where, you know, to, to use an expression, shit happens. And yeah. it just says. But your, yeah. your life now with your family and everything else is just different, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's, um, it's, it's been a big learning curve, <laughs> as all life is, you know. But, yeah, definitely, um, yeah, you know. It's uh, 
it's definitely some very fond memories in there, and uh, a lot of them, a lot of them took place at Whitstable. That's for sure. I, I love. I loved it down there. I really did. And um, some great times, some great friends for life made from it. And uh, yeah, you know, I think, uh, I think whatever happens, you know, I've always, I've done enough to always be remembered down there, I think. So you always get a good welcome when you come back anyway. Yeah. You know, not too many people can play for Arm Bay, Whitsball, Whitsball, Arm Bay and back again and whatever. And, uh, you know, just keep both sets of fans still all right. You know, yeah, not, everyone's, not everyone's favourite, but I think like, you know, when you're putting the ball in there, all's forgotten. So. Well, I'll tell you what, when this uh, COVID, let me talk about COVID for a second with you with work. How's it affected your business? Uh, fortunately for me, I'm in a sector that don't. So obviously I probably didn't touch base on it. Now I now, um, I'm a brick manufacturer, so I import bricks from Europe. I've got some factories out there and, uh, fortunately for us in this, uh, time of, you know, strange times and, uh, you know, it's causing a lot of, um, unhappiness and, and stuff for people. Uh, I'm, I'm in a sector of the industry that's very buoyant and, um, you know, it's uh it's been okay so yeah we've been been able to um carry on i had to furlough some of my guys at the beginning um just for their safety as well you know there is an element of safety missing it as well and um but yeah we sort of you know after the first couple of months obviously we realized you know that you know the virus is bad but it's it's manageable in the fact that if you if you you know stay safe and follow the guidelines you can you know with hopefully sort of stay safe and, and carry on and conduct business. So yeah, been fortunate, been very fortunate. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm sort of like almost completely retired now, semi-retired. I, I sort of describe myself. I've still got a few yeah. clients, few clients that I have hung on to, but not the number I had in the past. And my wife, bless her, she's got a, a real thriving business and, and she's managing to work through this as well. So yeah. It's good. yeah. What does Hannah do? She's a hairdresser, so she's I had a tough time. I thought she was, yeah. So yeah, she's she, time of it then. Yeah, yeah. I think she's lost about five months of business this year. But you know, look, people are losing lives. It's you know. I what think, a great um, way to put it into context. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? so, so, um, you know, it's it is what it is. I think from my from my personal point of life, I've always been best when I've been put on the back foot or been pushed down. I come up rising. So um, moments like this, I just look at as the challenge for me to uh, to, to drive through. So, and uh, I think uh, it's a good it's a good reset and mindset for the humankind, you know, right now. So very much so. Well, I never ever thought that our chat together today would go down the path it's done. Uh, it's been pretty cathartic for you and it's actually been enlightening for me because I've seen a side of Stu that I didn't know existed and uh, I'm absolutely delighted you've taken the time to do it. Um, uh, no, thank you. Thank uh, you. It's been really, really good, really good. There's going to be a few people that are really surprised, you know, that the Stuart is yeah. now 32 years old uh, <laughs> compared to the one that was, well, whenever they came across you when you were young. Yeah, do you, do you know what? As well, there's 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 a moment that always sticks out in my head football, and it's all for the wrong and right reasons as well. And it probably would sum me up in a nutshell. Um, Bruce Smith. Oh, uh, what a man! So I was just saying that. Uh, yeah, something that would sum me up in a nutshell, and probably the whole the whole career. Uh, Bruce Smith. Yes. Thought the world of me. Always come up to me, and uh, he scored goals for fun and everything. Bless him, and then. Obviously, we played Arm Bay and Whitstable. I was back at Arm Bay 
one of their players went down and I booted the ball at him. And I always remember, I looked over to the dugout at uh, Whistable's ground and uh, Bruce Smith was sitting next to the others and uh, he looked at me and he looked with a face of horror because I had smacked the ball at a player that was down on the floor. And I think... Uh, I think that would put me in a nutshell, wouldn't it? One moment you love me, one moment you hate me. Marmite. <laughs> Stuart King is Marmite. That's a great header for... These, these, I'll tell you what, there's a book there somewhere. I just always remember as soon as the game ended, I ran up to him and I said, I'm so sorry. And he, he was so disappointed in me. He, you know, he was just disappointed in me. Yeah. And... Uh, and uh, it was just that moment, just the moments, moments that I just let myself lose it for that split second and I do stupid things and yeah I literally just booted the ball at a player that was down and just looked to my right and the face is it was like horror and it's like bloody hell and literally probably like six months before that he was just passing me the golden boot trophy at bloody yeah, yeah, there's a picture I've got a picture of me and him standing together and he's holding the thing with me and he was so proud and obviously I was proud and then the next oh, bloody photo is of him wanting to kill me <laughs> As a oh, sinner, you know, <laughs> top draw, but what, what, you know, and, and just touching on that point, obviously, I know you want to wrap it up, but for all them people like Bruce Smith and that that dedicated their lives so we can get out and play on that, play on that green field, you know, rest in peace, man. And, uh, yeah, you know, amen to all of you that do that because, uh, you know, without you, we're nothing. So, well done, we haven't, got, well, we haven't got our clubs. Oh. No, that's well done. Well, um, everybody, that's been another great session with Stuart. This is session two. Uh, I'll tell you what, in a couple of years' time, we'll have session three. <laughs> There's probably a few things in there, mate, <laughs> but I don't think you'd want to do a session three. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it's, think I can cope. <laughs> no, no, it's been an absolute delight, Stuart, and I'm sure everybody's going to really enjoy this. So, ladies and gents, listening to this, where you ever you are in your car, listening to it on your Amazon uh, um, Alexa or uh, listening to it in bed, which a lot of you do. I know that. They take you in a... This one ain't going to help them sleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, we really need to stop it there. So, from me and from Stuart, it's uh, goodbye. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. They are providers of optical fiber services to the telecoms industry, specializing in optical fiber provision, local and long haul. We offer a full turnkey solution to our clients throughout London and the south of England. Contact us through the website for more details. Your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter for news about local football in Kent and beyond. I do hope that you've enjoyed today's episode of Belmont Banter. Don't forget there's a new episode out every week which comes out on a Sunday night, early Monday morning. And you can leave your suggestions for a guest to invite at the end. And leave a like and don't forget to pass it on to all your mates. Cheers. <laughs>